Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed, and welcome again to another episode, episode 38 of the show. Thank you again, wonderful listeners, for tuning in to another week. Uh, another episode of the show. Happy February to everyone who felt like January was 12 years long. Um, I also agree. So we are kicking it full gear into a new month and, you know, just take each day at a time as we can. Um, If you are new tuning in with us, welcome to the show. Uh, All about learning how how and why people love what they do and um, what they are passionate about also where they came from and how it kind of influenced what they're doing so welcome to the show if you are just tuning in after you're done listening to this episode share it um, with your friends and family and everyone you know and also go back and listen to some old episodes and connect with people that we've had on the show um, and just follow their journeys that's you know really all I hope for in this show is for you guys to learn about people you love and then go follow them as well. If you are tuning in on iTunes, go ahead and also leave a review down below and a star review. Um, We would love to hear from you guys. And this week on the show, I'm going to start reading some reviews. And this one comes from listener H-K-O-Y-C-H. He or she left this wonderful review entitled Fantastic Conversations, and it says, I love the format of this podcast and getting to hear people's stories, and the host is super engaging. What a lovely review. Thank you so much to that listener. If you guys leave a review down below, I will try and see it and read it on the show. We are so thankful for all our listeners as well. I do have a fun announcement for everyone. Next week we are, it will be the year anniversary of Passion Project, which I cannot even believe. We started this show, or you know, put out the show on February 14th on Valentine's Day. So next week will be, uh, Valentine's Day will be a year, but um, I just can't believe we made it this far. So Next week and the week following, we're going to do a two-part episode with an incredible couple to celebrate Valentine's Day. We're going to talk a lot about marriage and, yeah, all about what that couple has gone through and some advice as well. So, hope you guys enjoy that two-parter episode. It was super, super fun to record. And, yeah, we'll celebrate being a year baby podcast or whatever, you know, baby toddler coming. I don't know. Also, if you're not already, go ahead and follow us on social media, passionproject.pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This week on Passion Project, we have the lovely and incredibly, incredibly talented uh, Lindsay Gregory. She is an old dear friend. Um, We've been friends for a very long time. She is currently a worship associate at the First Baptist of Spartanburg in South Carolina. So hear all about her journey with that and how COVID has really um, affected working in the church. So without further ado, here is episode 38 of Passion Project. Gregory, thank you. I I literally when I asked when I was thinking about asking you to be on, I was like, oh, I got to get used to calling her Lindsay Gregory because even still, I'm like Lindsay Rogers. <laughs> like, 
in my brain it's like do you still do you do that when people get married you're like oh yeah like Sarah now it's like Healy I'm like yeah well Sarah knows me Sarah Day Healy yeah I tend to attach that on it now but Mm -hmm. it's funny sometimes like I will teach myself so quickly to say their new last name that I don't remember their maiden name like there's several people from college and I'm like what was their last name like I don't even (laughs) know anymore Um, for me I had a great introduction to my last name was being a teacher and so Uh, everyone like immediately didn't know my last name was Rogers right like a month after I got married so it was like I had to start writing it I had to sign it I had to say it I had to you know every day so Mm. it was really helpful for me but yeah my sister had that problem too I guess not problem but (laughs) had that you know she she was a teacher before right she was yeah you're right she was a teacher for she taught a year as her maiden name and then she got married you're right that's probably harder yeah that's true I didn't think about that maybe (laughs) I'll ask her about it (laughs) um well thank you for being on the show and taking time I really appreciate it um uh for people that don't know we've known each other for a very long time you've seen me in my very awkward state (laughs) And me and <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say anything, but you know, um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. A long time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to bring up that other people are awkward. I just say that I'm awkward. And then they're like, yeah, you saw me too in that stage. And I'm like, okay, yeah, great. We were all together wearing too much makeup and theater costumes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so people know that I've, I've had a lot of people from doing theater on the show. And then we went to the same college and um yeah it's been fun to see kind of where people go I don't know if you feel the same way but like where people have ended up and what they're doing it's just fascinating as you grow up yeah it's amazing it's so crazy to see people go in all different directions and succeed in so many different things Mm -hmm. they're like oh yeah I see that for you or like wow that's really cool so I love getting to see and talk about all those things so yeah I think it's something for me like we I didn't I never thought about that like growing up but now that I'm an adult I'm like oh yeah that is really cool (laughs) like like, see you don't really think about like what life is going to be like really after college I don't think and then and now like we're living it (laughs) right or you think about it for yourself but you don't think about it for someone else you know like what am I gonna do is the Mm -hmm. the question but then Mm -hmm. like you see someone else and you're like oh, wow, I didn't see that happening before when you right. were talking about it. But like now, mm-hmm. wow, you're doing so good at all these things. So yeah. It's yeah. And it's definitely been fun to see like which people stuck with theater and which people didn't. And like, that's been, at least for me, it's been really fun. <laughs> yeah. And those that are succeeding in that, like I get yeah. so excited. I'm like, how did this happen? Like this yeah. little Richmond, Virginia mm-hmm person is like mm-hmm. amazing and they were amazing yeah. then so it's like super exciting to see it happen still like, oh, absolutely <laughs> well and because that with I mean doing CYT Works, the theater company that we did it was such a big part of our lives during that time that like and now that people like I, I it, it's really um easy to assume that maybe like one or two people would go on and and yeah. and do theater with their life but then yeah, to see multiple different people like really succeed in it is like super crazy and awesome. Because so <laughs> it's hard. It's a hard life to live. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why not a lot of people try to do it because yeah. it feels impossible. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I, we're going to talk a little bit about theater because I'm sure there is an aspect that it is influential in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but well first we uh, first i'm gonna say like you are a worship associate i don't know if that's still your title but that's what i have seen on the interwebs that is right yes <laughs> at um first baptist of spartansburg in south carolina spartanburg one, one spartanburg. spartanburg oh there's no ass there's there's no multiple <laughs> spartans <laughs> there's Probably just are. one <laughs> they were like no we're not gonna put the s on you <laughs> um and yeah so we're gonna talk all about that and why you love it and why you don't know maybe we, maybe we'll talk about why you don't love it but um but first i've been before we get to all of that i've been talking with people of course about covid and how it's affected your job or life and how you've kind of processed and what that has kind of been like for you yeah so funny story honestly (laughs) um my birthday is march 13th and covid started like for real like everyone it was in the news and everyone's like oh this is a thing but Mm -hmm. like no one really knew if it was a thing um until like that weekend yeah we had planned on going to nashville that weekend and we did go to nashville oh fun (laughs) and then we got exposed to the virus actually secondhand we didn't know what that meant at that time, you know, like we didn't understand exposure or like what was going to happen with the virus at all. And so we immediately got home from Nashville and went on a two week quarantine. So like we were the first people I know other than those that had COVID um, at first to do that. So, but honestly, as a whole, in a lot of ways, life hasn't really changed for Chris and mm-hmm. I, my husband and I, um, we work together. We have the exact same job. We share an office. We live together, obviously. Um, and so we're always together. So like it didn't, you know, like the a whole dichotomy of like working right. from home and seeing your spouse working from mm-hmm. home and how weird that is. It's like, well, that's just like our, our life every day. So right. that didn't change. What did change is that like the boundary established from work and home went away. <laughs> that is like hard for me sometimes. Mm. I am, I don't know if you know Enneagram, but I'm Enneagram nine and I okay. love not doing things. So like <laughs> the fact that I couldn't like not, it felt like I couldn't not do something during certain times or it's like, I always wanted to just chill because at home mm-hmm. I chill, but I couldn't because there's work stuff and we had to end up bringing a bunch of like gear and I'll get into Mm. all that, but like into our homes, that was really stressful at first, just for me to kind of be like, ah, our dining room is just like taken over (laughs) and we don't have like a desk. And so all that kind of like designated area kind of did mess with my head a little bit, but we were really blessed to not get the virus. Um, Mm. We have that we know of, we have not gotten it. Um, So we've known a lot of people to get it. A lot of people have been affected by it um, in in hard ways and some in, you know, not as hard ways. Um, Just they've gotten over it really quickly, but we do know some people that have lost loved ones. So it's been Mm. kind of a crazy season for us, like, um, especially for worship. So yeah, go into that because it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. Um, But basically, what happened was our church that weekend, um, we weren't there that Sunday, we had asked off um, and, and we were going to a wedding. So um, we asked off, the church decided we're not doing service, we're not bringing people into services. So that's the first weekend they didn't have people come into the mm. building. And so all of our volunteers did the service um, just for cameras and the pastor was there and then like the music people were there and all that stuff and all the people that make that happen 
And so, and we have a great team. They, they have great. you guys done like online before or now? Yeah. So our okay. church um, has a TV broadcast and has um, done Facebook live and a web web. How do you call it? What do you call that? I am now I'm messing it up. Live streamed yeah. live. I, guess? Live. I don't know. On our no, not Instagram, Lindsay. What <laughs> on our website? Oh, we have, okay. Like, our live services. Yes, so yes, yes. We had that set up, and that was also another blessing. Like we didn't have to go through that whole process of like trying to figure out how to do this. Right. Um, it was very well established mm. um, beforehand. It was never used as much, I don't think, especially <laughs> the website live or the Facebook live. Um, yeah. Oh, I've heard stories of like churches having like 10 people and now it's like 500 people oh, <laughs> like yeah. watching. And so it was literally our lifeline. Like we didn't know what to do. And so luckily we have a lot of people like doing great things and brainstorming together. So for, I don't really know how many weeks we did like just an online situation. Um, but we even got all the way down to not having musicians come in. And because mm. we have a TV broadcast, we could pull from like archived services that we'd already recorded. Uh, and, everything. and so all the way up to Easter, which was in the middle of April, at the beginning mm. of April, we were showing old services and then live preaching to keep everybody safe. And then we were That's all- smart. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool. We were also doing stuff at home. So like recording songs at home, mm. sending them to our guy who does video, he would edit them and get them ready for Sunday morning. So it'd have like a live sort of feel. We'd mm. be able to introduce a song. And you, did you see like those like virtual choirs or stuff like that? Mm. So we did something like that, like with our band or just Chris and I singing in our living room. So like I have pictures of our living room with microphones set up and a keyboard that I was pretending to play at times <laughs> because I get nervous or like we couldn't mm. actually record the keyboard with what we had. So it was mm. just like, I'm playing, but I'm not. Um, Chris was actually playing guitar and we were both actually singing and recording and we have like a click track in our ears and it's like a little recording studio. Wow. Really our living room. Chris is also recording it like with his own camera and like it was wild. Um, yeah. We did that for three weeks probably. What Like we did all that for longer than three weeks, but we did like probably three weeks of projects for that. Mm. Um, and then eventually we got to the point where we got to go outside. So there's an amphitheater right across the street from our church, a park, mm. public park. And um, we were outside for 21 weeks in the summer wow. doing church and it didn't rain on a Sunday for 21 Sundays. Whoa, that's um, crazy. Until we were able to come back inside. And then when we were inside for- Did it literally rain the Sunday you went back inside? Or... Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, and then we were also doing like, so we were just doing one service outside in the, in the park because our church does two services, two different styles of worship. So mm -hmm. we were doing one style in the park and one style just online. So um, just for no one. Um, so learning to sing to cameras instead of ignoring cameras like mm -hmm. I learned in college so it was just we've literally got to do all of it like we got to do every kind of worship leading during COVID and it That's was so interesting yeah <laughs> yeah it's such a learning curve I'm sure you're just kind of learning by doing it rather than yeah. like seeing someone do it and then you just kind of have to learn on the fly right it just feels wrong a lot of times like singing mm. like knowing that like yes like it can totally reach someone like even if it's a video recorded like three days before, five days mm. before, like, right. it's still going to be effective because like, it's the truth of God's word and that we're, and I believe that's still going to be effective to someone, but it's just like knowing that like worship wasn't made 
to be this way, you know? It's mm-hmm. supposed to be like responsive and like something we both do together, not something we do separately. So like having to kind of get over that mental hurdle at first, was right. but then just like leaning into like, this is the way we have to do it. And this is the way we have it. And that's a blessing. And we get to still do this. And we never had a week where we didn't work. And mm. it was, a, it was such a, like, you can't, I can't say anything bad about it because like, it was just so obviously a provision for us. Mm. And so um, yeah, you just learn to say, hey, in your living room, stand up. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm here, I'm here on our live stream, go ahead and get your kids together and sing this with us. And then just hope they sing. Like, there's mm. no accountability to know if they're singing. Right. You know, there's no one standing next to them. There's no one saying, no, you, I didn't sing that right. You know, not that they're hoping any, your neighbors don't hear you. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, are they participating or are they not? It's such a, like yeah. my job is based on participation. So mm. <laughs> just so that's, a, yeah, yeah, that is so interesting. I wouldn't even think, think about that. Yeah. But, and so I just, you know, just kind of pray that like, okay, like I have to do my hardest work mm. and then leave it up to the Lord. And I try not to use too many, like cliche God phrases, but (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it's right. I mean, listen, cliches are there for a reason, I guess. So yeah, it was just a lot of learning on everybody's part, you know, like, Mm. just like, it's weird for me to see no one in a room for eight weeks. Mm. It's weird for them to be in their home and like Mm. learn to worship by themselves, you know? And some people who really were by themselves, I can't imagine. Like if you have kids yeah. there, like maybe, I mean, it's probably harder because you're trying to get them to sit or stand or whatever. But like, being I think there's a challenge for both. There's a challenge for being alone and being with children. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was. Besides the pandemic, it's both challenging. Oh, yes. Both in real life and like crazy. Yes. We've seen yeah. the past year. But Well, yeah. I'm sure there's an aspect too of like, making it feel normal for people and like making it feel like that, like, okay, like I know this may be weird, but this is what, like, this is what we're all doing right now. And like, and also just giving like so much grace to yourself and to other Mm. people, because like, yeah, no church had it figured out, you know, Mm -hmm. like nobody knew exactly what to do. No one was given a timeline of like, Hey, this is going to happen in three months. You're not going to have 700 people in that service again. (laughs) You're going to have no one yeah so it was like we didn't get a heads up so we were working with what we had and responding to the situation as best we could so I feel like um yeah overall it was a good a good time and we're starting to see now we have people in our services live and uh, we have two services so maybe more room for people to spread out and all that Mm. stuff we've gone through the whole process of getting people back in safely and all that stuff so it's been cool. And oh my goodness, the first Sunday that people were back inside yeah. and I could hear them. And, Cause like when we were outside, people were far away, like yeah. dog bell style kind of like mm. situation. Um, I couldn't hear, I could see them, but like barely. <laughs> and so, um, but having, being able to hear them, I was just like mm. emotional. I was like, man, this has been really hard. And it's just yeah. so good to like, someone encouraged me that like, I'm not doing this by myself. Mm. Um, even though I had like an amazing team with me and my husband with me, like, it's still just, it was a great feeling to finally yeah. be like, Oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I want to know what, 
And lastly, kind of talking COVID stuff, like what you've been doing for yourself as far as self-care and what that looks like for you, if it's been tricky to find things or um, kind of key, like routine, I feel like is kind of out the window during this time. So to yeah. a certain extent, but what has that looked like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this, like all of 2020, I feel like journaling was a really big thing for me, mm. but it always kind of has been like, I've really, mm. I've always liked journaling. I love going back and reading and being like, Oh gosh, Lindsay, what a mistake. Or like, <laughs> oh, what a weird thought you had. Or, or like, Oh wow. What a great area mm. grow in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like journaling has really helped me kind of see my growth, you know, mm. and like actually be able to track it. Like, before all of this happened, I was really wanting 2020 to be like where I grew. Like I wanted to, yeah. that was my goal. And I did see that happen. And I think that the time, the different like pace of things helped me to like read more and mm. to reflect and to like focus on different things. And so, mm. I don't know, my, that's a good question. I don't know if I really do self-care. Like I do. <laughs> But I guess like, just like, you know, not just knowing when there's too much, like there's definitely mm. a lot of fatigue with like the news and stuff like that. And yeah. so just having to remind myself that like, I'm not in control. I've never been in control of the situation. <laughs> like, retweet. Of there was like, yeah, of course there's like fear, you know, like not mm. knowing what this virus is. Like, I still don't want to get it. Like, I don't want to yeah. have it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm cautious. So like, just re- like balancing the caution with like appropriate behavior or appropriate mental, mental mm. state, you know, like not putting so much pressure on myself, but like, okay, like, but if you do get it, you'll be like, it's, you know, like, it's not like you failed or anything like Mm. that, thinking that about someone else. So I don't know, just kind of like stopping and taking a minute to like reflect either on like, are you like how far you've come (laughs) in your journaling or just sit and be honest with yourself and be like, I don't know what to do or how I feel. I just need to kind of rest and stop Mm. and turn the noise off and yeah, pick up a book or something else, you know, and just Mm -hmm. kind of change your mindset. But also, and this is a cliche answer because of my job, but I love worship music and like, Mm -hmm. and, and really any music, like can it kind of just help you, you know, like lighten your spirit or Mm -hmm. change your focus on something or remind you of something that you know is true or something like that. So I also found myself listening to more music. I don't, I can't say that I was really a music listener. Like I, I would listen to like the same 10 songs, like all yeah. school. like literally high school was like 10 songs. I could probably tell you <laughs> most of them. Please yeah. enlighten me. What songs can you tell uh, me? Unwritten Natasha Bedingfield. Okay. I okay. Phase in high school. Cause I like, didn't really care about country before, but then I was like loving it. So I, <laughs> I feel like everyone has a country phase and it's like, and now like the only country I really like is like Carrie Underwood. And it, is she like really country? I don't know. But yeah. I think she is. I mean, I loved Karen Underwood. Um, but I, yeah, all, all kinds of like Kelly Clarkson, sort of mm. like angry white girl music. I loved it. Um, way. For it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and that was probably more middle school, but I I just wasn't really good at like expanding my horizons with music, but I've gotten, mm. Chris has definitely helped me with that. Um, he's yeah. always looking for new music and new inspiration. So that's been good, but 
I don't know, just, I feel like people are now a little bit more willing also to talk about things, like talk about mm-hmm. hard things or talk about how they feel. Um, and I'm, I'm here for that too. So. Yeah. I think we've talked a lot about on this show about like how the last year at least, or, you know, whenever COVID started, like there's just been this force, like, introspection and like forced like looking at yourself and of course like with everything going on in the world of course but also just america mm-hmm. is like you kind of can't get you can't get away from it like you cannot like not talk about everything <laughs> and, and and definitely knowing when to like step away but also like a lot of unfortunately like talking about systemic racism talking about um you know your privilege anything like that those are important things that we should be talking about mm-hmm. but it's yeah it can be a lot so it, it's, it's yeah like, knowing when to rest overall it's just like remem- remembering that like what you say and how you react mm-hmm. and what you do affects other people I think yeah. that was like my arching like theme of like I wish I could tell everyone from 2020, (laughs) can't we now see that what you say and how you feel and like what you do affects the whole like bit of your community, (laughs) like everybody. So like, like if you got sick (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then it caused someone else to, it's like a chain reaction. It's like, that's how it is with everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and social media doesn't help, right? Like there's like, if you post something or say something like it really, Really, as much as you feel like you know it's going out into a void that no one's reading or listening or watching it's like no actually someone is taking that in and <laughs> and taking it to heart and like uh, is you know hurt by it or what or blessed by it or whatever it is I mean it can be anything words mean yeah. something and so yeah. your words you know Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely something that. you don't think about when you're growing up because I've said this before on the show that like when you're a teenager you're really only thinking about yourself so <laughs> yes and I think that also a lot of times I've seen this recently people have been like if you're not saying anything you're part of the problem right and I just I don't believe that like hmm. part of me is like well what if they don't know what to say or yes. what, if, mm-hmm. what they have to say is the problem or what if mm. you know like what if we're all going through a transformation we don't have to do that out loud like we mm. can do that in a journal and holding right, um, right. Like, we can do that introspectively or ask questions in real life not on social media like to your family or to your friends or be working mm. on yourself first like you don't have to like externally process all these things with everyone else just because they are yeah sometimes you just need to take a minute and evaluate your own heart and situation before you react to something because it could be worse if you Mm. don't do that (laughs) there's so much truth in that because i feel like people put so much pressure on social media too on yeah i need to react to something and i have to let people know that i care yeah okay but then like be their friend (laughs) if you care for them love them like if you Mm. care for them like go take them dinner you know or like call them like I don't know like and that was another thing like COVID did was like kind of force people especially in churches like you can't see our choir is like 300 people or something like that Mm. they won't I haven't met in a long time so like we called them and just said like hey um we're thinking about you like you're not alone and yeah and like this is how you reached out to people this was like your family and now you can't see them in that yeah. way so like we don't we want you to know that like we're not gone we're just not able to sing you know so like I think that's another thing it's just like be a decent person yeah <laughs> <laughs> if if okay we can end it there like 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> That's good. We're good. Just be a decent person. Bye. <laughs> if you wouldn't want someone to say to you, don't say it to them. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, well, that's great. I love all of that. Um, yeah. People take that with what you will. I mean, come on. <laughs> there, there's so much truth in it. Um, well, let's shift gears for a minute. I, I'm always like, let's not talk about COVID forever because we're all consumed by it every day. So let's talk about Lindsay Gregory, Lindsay Rogers Gregory. I mean, come on. <laughs> Technically, I dropped my name. Ooh, it's gone forever. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, did you, were you born and raised in Richmond? Yes. I was okay, that's what I thought. Richmond Memorial Hospital whoa like right away you were like richmond girl and and have basically it because even now like grown up in the south like that's just grown up and lived in the south like all of your life yeah i've learned that like there's a difference between <laughs> richmond south and like, south carolina south. yes i'm sure it's a big cultural change and it's like <laughs> it's not in everything you know it's not all encompassing you don't feel it when you drive here mm. but like there are like words I don't know. Like the other day, this boy said like something I thought was like a, like a, I don't know, like a phrase the kids say nowadays. Like, uh-huh. I'm 25. Like I'm not really <laughs> in touch with high schoolers. He was in college, but still I was like, what does that mean? It was just a country phrase. I didn't know. And so I was mm. like, oh, all the kids say that. He's like, no, my grandma says that. Where are you from? And I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> I revealed my true colors. <laughs> I don't know. I grew up in the North secretly. <laughs> I know. It's like, they think that's the North, but we would call it the South. And so ugh, that's a whole big thing. I could yes. People know the first episode of the show is with my very best friend, Isaac Deal and he's from Georgia and he does not call Virginia the South at all. And yeah, there definitely is like a very, um, I mean, listen, I growing up and even now I say I'm from the South because there are definitely things in Virginia that, you know, are Southern, but yeah, there definitely is a difference that, and then like Florida does its own thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 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 We love you, Florida, but you're strange. <laughs> um, well, I, I've talked to a couple different people that grew up in Richmond. And of course, I moved there when I was like seven or eight. And so I basically grew up there. But um, I loved it. I loved growing up there. I don't know what your experience was. And you have, do you have two, you have two siblings? Okay. Yeah. And you're the youngest, right? Yes. Yes. Aren't we the best? Yeah. <laughs> I've always I've said this on the show before that like youngest siblings are just the best and I've always been like I've always like found youngest siblings and like help like I feel like I'm friends with all the youngest siblings because we're just the best all the time we have so much fun it's just that we've seen them do all the wrong things (laughs) yes and then we're like oh I know now what I shouldn't do well and the good things too I mean I always I've literally said that phrase that we see all the good and the bad things and and we take it in for what and and most of it for me at least was very unconscious of like oh yeah maybe I shouldn't it wasn't like I saw my brother or sister do something and I was like oh yeah I'm not gonna do that (laughs) but it was like kind of subtle things that I noticed growing up that I was like oh yeah I really should mm-hmm. not do this or do that <laughs> I don't know like little memories actually very consciously of being like okay don't do that or okay that made mm. mom and dad happy or okay <laughs> like but well I think that speaks to even just the difference between uh being a girl and being a boy <laughs> 
<laughs> we are not aware of who like listen guys don't really fully mature in the, until they're like 30 really so and even then it's like what I mean we don't you know who we are that's how I yeah. like that's true um, that's true well what was your experience like growing up there did you enjoy it um yeah, yeah. what was that like so I grew up south of Richmond and Chesterfield um mm-hmm. which is like 20 minutes away from the city um and I had a great childhood really I did um I my sister is eight and a half years older than me my brother's five years mm-hmm. older than me it's a pretty big gap yeah. um and so they were they had a lot of shared experiences that I did not with them so I think that really did shape a lot of like my like self-image a little bit mm-hmm. like growing up but overall like great and like my parents are the best and um we had a very loving home and I grew up they are I can attest they are the best they really <laughs> Uh, I grew up going to church like all the time they volunteered Mm -hmm. to do all the things like I remember them being in so many different roles in our church and I went to the same church my whole life Um, uh, but yeah I didn't really explore like being in Richmond until I was in high school um, Mm -hmm. because of doing theater with people that lived on the opposite side of Richmond right kind of like see the whole of the city but even then like there's still things i I mean, it's always changing and I haven't lived there since I was 18. Mm -hmm. So like, um, there's still so much, I I get lost every time. I don't know how to get it. There are definitely parts of Richmond that I have never been to. Like there are so, I mean, it's, there's so many and people that have lived there are always like, wait, you haven't been here. Like Maimon, I don't think I went there till I was like 15. Like, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's such a big place. I don't know. Like, and I forget sometimes it's the capital of Virginia. So yes. Like, yes. Huge city, especially like coming from Spartanburg, which is not a huge city. Like technically it's mm. a city, but then you go to Richmond and I'm like, this is a city. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is a city and it's not, you know, it's not New York and it's not Boston, mm-hmm. but it is like, it has like the Virginia fine arts museum, like mm-hmm. the one for the state. And so like, yes. I don't know, it's just like things like that, that I never really thought about or that like, we grew up with that I'm like oh this is cool especially with the history like yeah I definitely took that for granted like taking a college class a college history class I was like oh I've been there oh I've been there oh <laughs> I know where that is oh I went on a field trip there oh I know that is. and like I was like excited about it because I was like oh I actually know exactly what's happening and mm. a girl that sat next to me was from California and she was like we I have no idea what that is yeah like, I've yeah. been there and I was like oh it's really great and I would like tell her all about it and I'm like this is we should go care. she does not care about Appomattox but mm. I was like it's right down the road so mm. I think that that's a part of like growing up there that I now think is cool but um but yeah it's right. so cool. like I loved exploring the city and um I still do so it's, it's yeah cool. Yeah, it's such I mean, I we're biased a little bit, but it's such a great city to grow up in as a kid like you just and I think I've said this before with other people, but like our parents, I, I'm speaking for your parents, I hope this is true. But our parents as a whole that we, um, they really made it possible for us to like, have a lot of experiences and do a lot of things that, um, that made us meet all different kinds of people. And that, um that is really such like the looking back on it it's like such a benefit of growing up in in a city like that yeah definitely yeah my dad worked downtown so like Mm -hmm. we were you know we did go downtown a a good bit and yeah getting to meet different people getting to see different things like doing like theater or going to see shows in in Richmond Mm -hmm. or concerts or going to the baseball stadium and 
don't know, just lots of little things that you don't really think about. And you're like, oh, that was really cool. Yeah. You know, things you want to take on and pass on to your own family, too, that you don't think about. Um, I want to ask as far as like sibling relationships and dynamics, we t- you talked a little bit about it, but yeah, I mean, eight and a half years with your sister, that's a, that's a huge gap. And so when like she, she was eight and eight and a half when you were born mm-hmm. and then, yeah, when, so did, was it more, what did it definitely still feel like a sibling or was it like an older cousin? Like they, they come yeah. like. So when I was nine, she went to college. Yeah. So like, I didn't have most of, like, she didn't live at home for a long time, but she did come back home. Um, Gosh, my years are all mixed up now, but like, (laughs) I think I was in high school when she came back and was doing grad school before she, before she got married and all Mm. that stuff. Um, But she was doing grad school and she moved back home. And so, yeah, that was like weird. Like I have very, I have like a really sticky brain with memories of my childhood. Yeah. I remember a lot of like, even just like her being, um, you know, in the room next to me and having friends over from high school. Cause like mm. most of the time in my like memory, she was in high school um, of like, you know, having sleepovers and me mm. like really wanting to go in and like wanting <laughs> to be their friend and listen, but I was like seven. So they were like, yeah, no, get out. <laughs> Leave us. <laughs> that was me with my sister. I would always like come in and she'd be like, why are you here? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she had a TV in her room and a phone and I thought that was super cool and so I was like I'm gonna go in there and even when she went to college like I took her room over I was like this Mm. is mine now Um, (laughs) and anything that she had I was like that's my perfume that is mine (laughs) now the phone owner like (laughs) it's just like if you leave it it's mine Mm. Um, but then she came back so I moved back out of it Um, (laughs) she was like it's mine leave it was like my it was my hangout room (laughs) oh okay okay you made your own hangouts what a third sibling thing to do youngest sibling thing (laughs) and then Kyle like so well let me go back to Jessica so she's she's eight and a half years older than me so it always kind of was like a like you know she's definitely the older sister Mm -hmm. um but I don't know like we always did have like a good relationship she's just really great like her she's very inclusive she's very um kind and Mm. joyful and so like and like loving and so she was always like even though I'd make fun of her sometimes but she would be like oh I love you and like pinch my <laughs> cheeks and I outgrew like she's five foot nothing like I grew out outgrew her in like eighth grade only about like three inches <laughs> still and so I was like I'm taller than you um <laughs> but you know like she still came home and like I had a really yeah. hard time when she went to college like it felt like the world was ending mm. um and especially when my brother went to college then it was like I'm alone yeah. so like, those five years were super strange feeling at first and I got really used to it but like I was basically an only child for five years and then especially because my brother got married while in college and my sister Mm -hmm. got married later that or before that just before that the year before and so I was like I'm this is it my childhood's over (laughs) yeah but but yeah so and I would say that now my sister and I are much closer than we were ever just because we're finally it's like finally I caught up you know like yeah I got married and I'm like okay she got married when I was 16 so it's like Mm. okay like I finally can like be in the same place and like Mm. that was hard especially when I was like 16 17 18 like I just wanted to grow up so bad and like be in the same stage as my brother and my sister um but now I'm like I kind of wish I hadn't been so ready to grow up (laughs) you 
do. It's like your own story. You know, like I was just waiting for what happened to them to happen to me. Just mm. like you kind of do as siblings, you like compare your situations. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're the same. We should be the same, but we're not, we're not the same. Mm. And so like, I was like, well, I'll meet my husband doing this just like my sister did, or I'll meet my husband doing mm. this like my brother did. And, and it didn't happen that way. And that's great. Cause I ended up with the right person for sure. Um, mm. But like, I just had this like, Ugh, angst of like I want to be there um and it happened at the right time and yeah. I do that now but it was hard at, at that time I've definitely had like young younger people in college or younger teens say like oh I just want to get out I just want to be an adult and I'm like no you don't <laughs> I'm like to a certain extent it is really great but there are a lot of things that like you just like enjoy the time that you're at. Like I, I really am enjoying my twenties and trying to enjoy it as much as I can and not trying to grow up more. But um, the time, I mean, there are definitely days where I'm like, man, like high school was so, was great for the most part. And college was so great. I loved my time in college. Mm-hmm. And because if you have the opportunity to go to college um, or the privilege to, then it's you're just in this environment where there's people all around i'm an extrovert i obviously if people don't know already um and uh, you're just seeing people every day every second of the day and it's just you're learning so many things you're you're and you're learning as an adult as well but college is just such a time where your brain is just molding so much Mm -hmm. and so there are definitely moments now even where i'm like man i would go back to college in a second (laughs) It was such a, such a good time. Uh, like yeah. Crazy dream of like so much happening at one time. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. I loved college too. And having yeah. that, I, that's what I tell people. I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, you want to be an adult. Um, if you can go to college, go to college. Cause it's the best, like go yeah. to college, have a snow yeah. day at college. It's the best snow day. Oh, it's the life. best. Yeah. Like, and then you move to a place where there's like no snow, like where we are and we're like, come on. Yeah. Like this is sad. It's yeah. never the same as like nope. when you all live in a dorm. Oh my gosh, so many fun things. Like so many fun things that literally never happen again in your life. Like when yeah. are you going to live in a hall with 70 girls? Yeah. Well, you never will. But I'm not. What am not. I? <laughs> <laughs> what am I? Yes. I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. So it's just like those little things that you, I didn't want to, you know, you don't want to wish away. No, no. And, and during that time, you really soak it. At least for me, I'm like, man, really soak this in and enjoy it. Cause it's not going to be the same. <laughs> Because right. actually after that, you have to like be responsible. And- yes. You have to pay bills. <laughs> yeah, it's actually kind of hard. <laughs> and do taxes. Ugh, whatever. We're not, we won't talk about it. <laughs> um, I want to ask as far as like music and theater, like how much was that an influence in your life? Like, was your family like really musical? Like was music a big part of your life growing up? And then like how do you think even just like theater effects as well like what you're doing now as well yeah so yes music was a huge (laughs) part of my family my mom sings my dad sings and plays bass my sister sings and played piano for a while and she probably she's still again um and my brother is a multi-talent he can do anything feels like Mm -hmm. he's an incredible tenor and he plays guitar and he played clarinet. Someone joked one time, like, I bet you can play anything, even clarinet. And he was like, I did play clarinet. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> just 
very talented. Um, so yeah, we were, we were always doing music as a, like, mm. not like sitting down, you know, singing a song together. That's not really <laughs> what it was, but like, there's every music. Friday night around the campfire. Yeah, we aren't like <laughs> pioneers, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we did have a lot of music in our home. Mm. Like my parents volunteered doing music at church as when I was a kid, um, they were in like a singing group and all kinds of stuff. Um, so I was always like engulfed in it. It was always mm. kind of like what I was doing. I sang from the moment I could talk. I have videos to prove it. Um, I was just like what I did. I don't know. It was just like. Cut here to the video of Lindsay singing when oh she was God. born. No. no. Let's just, that when my parents <laughs> moved houses, let's, it's gone. Um, <laughs> but not when I was born, but. Right, 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 born. right, right. No. <laughs> Yeah, that I would mean, be a little crazy if like you literally came out of the womb like that'd saying be terrifying, but... actually yeah yeah about that. um but yeah music has always been a part of us and I've loved that theater actually was something that everyone loved in my family mm, so it's like mm-hmm. not just like something I liked or something my brother liked or something my parents liked like we actually took a trip to New York when I was in high school, middle school. I don't know. Again, all the years, they, they <laughs> morph. Um, my sister was older and in college or maybe almost out of college. My brother was either going into college or in college. I don't know. But at one point, all five of us, before anyone was married, took a trip to New York and like went and saw, you know, Broadway shows. And, mm. and it was great because we all loved it. And it was so exciting mm. to... Um, just to have that together but my sister did um musical theater in high school um not what we did it didn't mm. it wasn't really around then right her. but um and then Kyle and I did musicals together and my parents obviously were very involved with that with right that, you know anything about the way it works that's how it works um so yeah it was just a big part of us and I think that it it taught me a lot about my voice. I think mm. that that is probably the biggest thing it did for me was expand how I sing and how I think about singing mm. and my comfort level on stage. I've like, I was that little kid in the like children's choir at church. It was like reaching for the microphone. <laughs> I've always kind of been like that. Again, um, youngest sibling wanting the spotlight. Yes. Like, <laughs> like my voice will be heard. <laughs> so like that, it sounds awful, but that's just true. And like, I yeah. have to work on my pride a little, um, a lot, but that definitely, it helped my vo- voice develop a lot. Like uh, the acting part and the dancing, you know, not as beneficial to my current life. Um, <laughs> and I don't really know if I was that good at either of them, to be honest, it was really always singing for me. Um, so yeah, it's, I think you like, were you know, uh, like spoiler what? alert you were great <laughs> I don't know I don't know it's so long so long ago um, <laughs> what we thought was great in high school I don't know if it's great now um so, whatever I'm keeping it in my mind that it was great <laughs> just like the Lizzie McGuire movie I watched it the other day and I was like oh no this was so good to me once yeah no it's not <laughs> yeah don't visit like people are doing like reboots now and it's like no just keep the nostalgia like don't Uh, (laughs) um yeah so it really did like teach me a lot and even Mm. in college like going through like real voice lessons because I didn't have any until college like not like consistent every week you go to a teacher sort of thing like I had like different seminars with different teachers and I had a lot of people like influencing me um in great ways but nothing consistent uh and so even 
musical theater songs help me every day sing worship songs mm-hmm. um, and like have stamina and well they're uh, very kind of similar right like in the way you sing I, I I've heard this from some people before that do worship that the at least maybe maybe just for women but the way you sing is very similar kind of belting a lot and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if that's true but <laughs> yeah I mean a lot of the like the placement or like mm-hmm. the 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 notes you're actually singing probably are similar um I will say like at first it was really hard for me to like be real that Mm. was like the hardest part of of transitioning from acting singing to like authentic you know because like worship is not supposed to be an act in fact like (laughs) farthest from what it should be (laughs) like what I want someone to think of what of what I do you know I want Mm. them to see me on the platform and say that's how she is all the time. Or like when she worships out here with us, she looks the same. Um, And of course, like when I'm up there leading, I'm doing things strategically. Like I want them to clap. So I'm going to clap. Whereas if I'm (laughs) out there, I might not clap, you know? So like, or I want them to have energy. So I'm going to have more energy. And so like, there's certain things like that, that I learned in school um, that I'm going to do that I wouldn't do when I'm just worshiping by myself but in in a way I want them to be like that's the same person um so at first like right out of high school and in college it was really hard for me to like because I could easily just go into a mode and be like worship leader that is what you are right yep, now yeah like act um but that's not what anyone wants it's not good for anyone including me and um so that was probably the and to a certain thing. extent I'm sure easy to fall into at times oh yeah yeah it's like autopilot you know yeah just like when you're driving you know you drive like i did this the other day driving to the bank went to work they're right beside you i did not mean to go this far so it's, it's just like anything else you know like when you mm. do it a lot you could get into this like state of like lethargicness i don't know if that's a word mm-hmm. you know apathy <laughs> um so just having to always sound smart yeah I think <laughs> trying to keep that in mind all the time but mm. also just remembering like not to revert to any kind of like I'm putting on a show for you yeah that is kind of like what it feels like sometimes people are just staring at you they're like put on a show for me and I'm like mm. nope you're also a part of this <laughs> well how aware are you of that that like being a, in worship at a church can become very showy and there are people that really dig that and love it and there are people uh, you know in my personal opinion I don't think it should be like that but um there are people that are yeah are like oh this is too much and this is not what it's supposed to be but to a certain extent it is um like you're trying to get people engaged it's not entertainment per se but it's like you're trying to engage like uh, is i don't know if that's i mean from what from my point of view that's kind of what it is i don't know if that's true but um there's always going to be this like weird balance of like what mm. people associate music and lights and right things being used as tools Um, Because like worship isn't music. That's not what it is. Worship Mm. is responding to who God is and what he's done. If you're a believer, worship, if you believe in Jesus Christ, like worship is for you. So it's Mm. not for an unbeliever really to participate in until they come to that knowledge or they start to understand that truth. They can, but it's, it's not really 
for them to do. Like that's mm. what the Bible says. Right. So um, anyways, but I think that the hard part with that is so many people just associate like if there's bright lights and the room is dark and there's mm. smoke everywhere, then <laughs> some people are like, that's when I can just focus on the Lord. And some people are like, they're doing it for them. You know, yeah. like, they're saying, look at me. And so like, I think just like evaluating our own hearts is yeah. more important than anything else. Like, mm. like, okay, I know that if I walked into a very traditional church and they sang a very traditional hymn, even if I didn't know it, I would be able to respond to who God is and what he's done, because mm. that's the point, like getting to yep. that point. And even if I went to passion, which is a huge conference with <laughs> huge screens and huge lights, um, I would be able to do the same thing. So it's yeah. like detaching this like preference and like, really it is, that's all it is, is a preference of like what you're comfortable with. But a lot of times, like I get, I don't get in trouble, but I feel like I shouldn't say this very often. It's like, it's not about your preference. Like worship isn't about what we like, yeah. it's about what you like. And there, the, the thing is there's culture. And so like there's culture built into these churches that that's what they do. So like when you go to mm. a really traditional Presbyterian church, like that's their culture. That's what they do. That's what their people are used to. That's what they buy. Yeah. Into. That's how they get to that point of responding. And that's just as good if it's done right. And with pure intentions and, with, and they're singing truth, that's the more important thing. Like if we're seeing the truth, that's all I care about. Like if, mm. if the song is bad, I'm not participating. You know, I won't do that. Like if it's not singing the right thing, that's more important than if it's being done, how it's being done, mm. you know, like if it's being done in this big showy way, like, I don't know, just remembering that like, hopefully your worship leader or that person leading the song isn't doing it for them. But if they are, mm -hmm. that's their own problem. You know, yeah. like you have to get past that thing as a congregant or a, a person in the church yourself. And like, remember that like, you're not relying on them. They're there to help you, but mm -hmm. it's not their job to get you there. That's not mm. what it is. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think remembering that like, also remembering that church is full of people that like are sinners they're wrong <laughs> yeah. they're prideful they have preferences too so like mm. they're doing it because that's either the culture of their church or that's the preference or that's what their pastor wants you know so mm. it's like there's this whole mix of things they're not doing it to make you mad they're doing it because <laughs> that's the culture yeah doing it you know so it's like okay like give everybody grace if you don't like it then maybe ask yourself why so yeah. i don't know there's just lots of i i love having that conversation of like at one time a, a corral a bach corral in a very traditional church in austria was outlandish mm. it was obscene the amount of like ornate harpsichord playing right and we would listen to that and be like oh what is that that is so distracting <laughs> you know like why is we listening to opera like actually that's a worship song from like yeah. then you know so there's always been this pull of like I don't like that that's not my style mm. um and that's why all like that's why music has changed so much over the past right. several like ever it's always been changing because yep. people don't like it and they change it and then those people don't like it and change it. <laughs> it happens in the church just as much. And like yep. it, the church was like a part of that um, just as 
like and and has spurred on so many different styles of music as well mm. so yeah it's an interesting conversation because to a certain extent i i wonder if you'd agree with this is that music and worship can be a big part of why someone chooses a church um and finds out their place to stay um and so I think it, yeah, it's an interesting conversation to have and to look at, but you're, I mean, you're completely right in that churches are just made up of human people that sin all the time. So That are just like, you know, we're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah I do think it's an important part of the church. I mean, it's my, mm. my job to do. Yeah. So like, of course I think it's important. Um, and I think that, I just think that we should all, we should all just be fine. Like, <laughs> just don't worry about other people. If you don't like it, go somewhere else, you know, yeah. but, but also just like, not just deciding tomorrow that like I now hate this and I am mm. gonna church or I'm gonna jump over to this church and be here you know just that's also unhealthy just like learning how to actually evaluate the reasoning behind things and and making sure you know that like okay like like obviously if a church starts preaching something that is wrong and not in the bible that's grounds for right calling it out or leave yeah <laughs> So, but otherwise, like being rooted in a church home is going to benefit you with a community. And mm. that's what the church is meant to be like a community of believers building yep. each other up and going out and spreading the word of mm. the Lord. Love it. Um, I want to ask when for you, like, was, was working inside the church or doing something with ministry or anything like that? Um, was it always something you wanted to do or? Was there a switch even of like, did you ever think about even like doing something else or was it always a through line or what did that look like? No, I, I did think of other things. Um, it was always kind of in the back of my head. Um, mm. There was a certain point in my life when I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I was like 15 at a camp and I just felt like the Lord was saying, this is your, this is, this is it. Like, mm. this is your gift this is what you could do for my kingdom. And I was like, okay, God, what does that mean? I'm 15, <laughs> you know, like I'm in 10th grade, but I was already serving in the youth band at my church. And because my parents were super involved with our church, like it was a really normal thing for me to do. And I did mm-hmm. sing. And so I was like, okay, like I can do that. Um, but like I doing theater as a middle school and high schooler, like that was my whole brain. I love yeah. Like, it was like, this is my life. Um, <laughs> and so, like, of course, I did think about that world. I had, mm. like, as I went to college, I had three options with three different career paths, basically. It was, like, JMU with theater, which I never auditioned for their theater company because I was so nervous to do a monologue that I just didn't didn't go. <laughs> so I was like, if I can't do a monologue, I should not go here. <laughs> so right. I didn't. And that was the only reason I was going to go there. I was like, I'll go there for their theater company or I'm not going to go. Um, Liberty was for worship. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was like, if I didn't do worship at Liberty, I could just do something else. They've got everything. So yeah. I wasn't really worried about that. And my brother and sister both went to Liberty. So I was like, I feel good about that. Like, I just <laughs> felt like I was at home already. Mm-hmm. And you knew what was, what it was like. Yep. And then Belmont University in Nashville, mm-hmm. I was do like commercial music or like singing. So it was always going to be music. I had a moment where I thought I was going to teach. But then I sat in, in an elementary school music class and I was like, 
oh my goodness <laughs> it takes a different kind of person mm. and I it takes a sarah healy doesn't it or sarah it Day healy. Does, and she's amazing <laughs> and i love teachers i think they're amazing ironically i did end up teaching for a year in a high school chorus mm. class it was the hardest <laughs> year of my life and i took a bunch of choral cl- education classes my last year not knowing what i was I was know, that the I- year before you were married yeah Okay. Okay. No. Well, I completely for, forgot. <laughs> so I, I taught the year, but first year it got married. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But I took all those classes the year before. Sorry. Those yeah. my bad. Um, but I took all these classes. Like, I don't know why I'm taking choral education classes. I just really love the voice. I think it's fascinating. Mm. There's like so many aspects to it. And I had honestly, like I'd finished my school early and I had to keep my scholarships. So I was like, <laughs> I need to fill up my schedule. Yep. So I was like, choral it's real. And so I ended up using them instantly, like in August mm. and I graduated in May. So it was like, wow, really cool. Um, very hard. So mm. I did kind of go through this whole, like, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to have to be a teacher for years and praise God that didn't happen. I would have <laughs> been so mean. Like I was a mean teacher. <laughs> and if any of my students somehow ever find this, I'm sorry that I was mean, but I was stressed out and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, it and wasn't you him, it was me I told him I was like I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> like every day <laughs> yeah like, I don't know like I'm trying to pretend but I don't I was mm. like acting again I was like look over here I'm teaching is definitely something that like looks easy to a certain extent and then when you're actually doing it it's like very different I've never I actually taught but they can do it yeah they're like, oh, I could do that. And I'm like, it's okay. kind of like being a comedian because I've heard this from several other comedians. <laughs> um, like actual com- like I've listened to actual comedians that stand up comics that are like, yeah, everyone thinks they can do stand up comedy, but in actuality, no one can do it. <laughs> when you get up in front of a crowd of people and they don't laugh at you, you're like, oh, I can't do this. Yes. That's yes. how it is with students, especially high schoolers. I was 22. Yeah. And I look young. I've always looked young. That's just my face. I can't help it. But they told me every day I, I look too young. And I was mm. like, I want to be mean to you, but I also am supposed to love you. And that's <laughs> really hard. But anyways, it. I always had the goal. Mm. When I chose Liberty, I chose a church path. I mm. knew that that's what I wanted to do. And all through college, that was hard to keep at a lot of times. Like, so a worship major at Liberty is like music and church combined, basically. Yep. So like you learn about the church, you learn about theology and about the Bible, but you also learn about, you're just a music major at the same yeah. time. So like, it was really hard. And I, I had it like, I succeeded, obviously graduated. But like, <laughs> it was, it was hard. Like, and it was hard to be like, God, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. Like I have nothing else, I have zero skills. Like I can't do graphic design. I probably could do like a social media thing. I would be really bad at it. But like, you know, like once you've grown up with all of it, you're kind of like, I could do that. But like, I I really don't have any other plan. This is it. So I am counting Mm. on you to provide me a job. And I didn't think it would happen as quick as it did. But the Lord provided Chris and I a job and we both work full time. And it is the biggest blessing ever. And it's hard, but like, like working in church is hard. There's a lot of people, mm. there's a lot of feelings, there's a lot of opinions. 
Um, but <laughs> because it's made up of people <laughs> of, right, of me and of them. And so like, you know, like, I have opinions, they have opinions, all of us that work together, we all have opinions, but yeah. we're all united by one goal. And, um, it is really amazing. And I know that that's like what I will do. I know like mm-hmm. at least, you know, that's what I'm doing now. And <laughs> I won't say forever. Cause you know, who knows what I, I said, I would never teach and there I was. So, right. um, but it's, it's definitely really great right now. Mm. I'm interested in this aspect of you and your husband working together and what that is like and what, if it's difficult, cause I think the pandemic definitely forced people to have that possibility of what it's like to work from home together and what that's like. Um, and for some people it was like, this is great. And for some people it was like, this is horrible. <laughs> Um, but what is it like for you guys is are there have there definitely been moments of like oh is this the right fit like or <laughs> yeah like what is that like um I was really more afraid going in than <laughs> I ever have been frustrated mm. like it was like a fear okay because what was happening before is Chris was a part-time worship minister at another church when we got asked to be the like a worship pair basically together yeah. at our church and so he was already doing it. And I was a volunteer in his Mm. church, you know, while I was teaching and stuff. So I was so nervous that like, we wouldn't be able to work together. And he's established this whole year or two, almost two years of himself, like do being the guy and doing all the stuff and knowing how he wants to do it. Mm. And like, I had a year of basically forgetting like what (laughs) I was doing and what I was supposed to do and how to do it. And so like, I was super nervous about it at first, but it has been awesome. Like we, I don't know. Like we love being together. I don't yeah. know. It's not normal, but like <laughs> it's just like fun. Like we laugh all the time. Like if you follow me on Instagram, you just see me at my desk filming Chris doing something mm-hmm. weird all the time. And we just laugh and you know, like we do try to keep work at work and home at home. Most mm-hmm. of the time, you know, it overlaps. We still, we have the same coworkers. So like, you know, if, if I have a story about a coworker, I'm not going to not tell him at home, <laughs> but like, or like, you know, like I went off and did this one thing with a girl who works in the kids ministry. Like I'll tell him about it, you know, but just like anyone else would have a story from work. Um, so, but I think another thing is we have very, we have different tasks. So as soon as we started working together, we decided like, who's going to do what. And so that's helped a lot of like trying to figure out like, okay, I'm good at, you know, talking to people. I'm good at organizing things and making sure like, I don't know, X people show up for rehearsal Mm -hmm. and they have what they need for knowing what songs we're doing and stuff like that. And Chris is good at everything else um he's leading <laughs> and like spiritually helping people grow and he is good at explaining things musically and um mm. he's actually an instrumentalist whereas i am trying to be sometimes but i'm not <laughs> um and so like he can t- speak a different language to our musicians and the volunteers we have than i can um so yeah i think that our strengths really complement each other mm. And so that's, and we always knew that about even each other when we were dating. And so it was always a plan for us to work together. So I think that that also is a big factor. It's like, this was the goal. And so it's not a surprise. It was kind of what we always wanted. So it's, yeah, you knew you had that expectation beforehand. Yeah. And we Um, did have time where we didn't. So I think that, you know, eventually it could happen either way. Like, I don't know, we're not, we're definitely not locked in and I mean, we are locked into our 
we love our job, but you know what I mean? Like we yeah. can, we're flexible, um, mm. you know, whatever 10 years down the road holds. So, yeah. Yeah. So I want to shift gears and talk about your music career. <laughs> um, well, you got, you and Chris, your husband have released three songs together. Yes. Um, into Zion, um, This Love and Refuge. I had to make sure I remembered all of them. Good job. Um, <laughs> go listen on Spotify and I'm sure Apple and all the other places yeah, you probably can find them. Can yeah. And well, I, at first I want to ask about like your guys' writing process and what that's like. And is it like, have you written before? And like it was, and what it was like even just like collaborating. I'm sure that's even, writing for you. If you've written before, writing for yourself is one thing, but then bringing someone else in is, can be, I'm sure, fun and difficult and all their things. So what has that been like? Yeah. So we both had separate experiences writing. Um, Chris has always loved, like he's ever since, I mean, I can only speak of when I've known him, you know, but like in college, he definitely got like the writing bug of just like trying to fill up a legal pad of songs, like writing one a day. Right. But it's like making it a discipline. And he is super good. Every word you hear in our songs are Chris's words um, mm. <laughs> because he is so good at saying things creatively. And that's so sometimes some like my hardest part is like, I can say a lot of things. They sound like a lot of other songs. Um, <laughs> So that's, that's frustrating for me, but I'm also less disciplined with it. So I don't spend as much time writing as Chris does. Mm -hmm. Um, And it produces, you know, he produces better content because he's always refining himself and Mm -hmm. he's never satisfied with like the first go round of like, this is the song I wrote. He's like, no, we will fix it. We will change it. We'll go through every iteration of every word it could possibly be. (laughs) And then we'll get to where we are. Yeah. Um, so it's been fun to see him in that process. Honestly, like he, he wrote the songs. Um, I was lucky enough to get to sing them. <laughs> um, and I was there, I helped with the most I did for those three and I'm doing a little more now um, was the melody for Refuge. So okay. I found that I'm more of a melody person. Like I can just, I just pick something up and sing it. And like, if he had words, I would just pick them up and try singing them and Mm. change the melody around. And like, I think about melodies and how things are sung. Um, That's just like what I like doing. Chris does that too, but Mm. I just like coming up with melodies. It's a fun part for me. It's less stressful than like making sure what you say is true and clear (laughs) and easy to understand, but also easy to sing in the right syllable. All this like science actually that goes behind writing a good song and like making it sound good. So, um, but yeah, it's been really cool to see his song, our songs, I, I say his, but they are, <laughs> my name's on it, but <laughs> sometimes I don't feel like. It's his name is first, so. <laughs> yeah. um, it is really cool to hear people listen to them and sing them, yeah. sing them in church. Um, and so that's really great and well listen into zion has ten thousand streams on spotify which is so i i I mean i think it's exciting and 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 fun and i'm sure cool to have people take something that you created and listen to it that's i mean as someone that creates something like this i mean it's definitely (laughs) fun yeah to have people listen to it um i'm fascinated i don't know if you guys ever talked about this when doing the songs but listen i'm going to be completely transparent about this and is that ccm contemporary christian music is can be hard (laughs) in the sense of like it's it can be 
a, like just annoying to be honest it can be like a lot of it's the same a lot of it is you know 10 years behind a lot of it, it yeah it's just, and everyone knows this so even if you haven't grown up in the church or aren't a christian or anything like everyone knows that <laughs> christian music is not that great <laughs> most of the I mean sometimes it is but it's just hard so I'm wondering if like even you guys talked about that about like oh how can we make this different or how can we make it ourselves like what is our sound even in this space or anything like that yeah I think really we just wanted to make something we liked you know Mm. like something we like listening to um and the more you listen to music the more sometimes either like the more like broad your horizons get and you Mm -hmm. like more things or the more picky you are and the more you're like, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> so like it can go both ways. And I think we've, I've seen both in us <laughs> like, uh, no, like we could listen to a song for 10 seconds and turn it off and be like, that was awful. <laughs> or just be like, Oh, that was, that was instantly cheesy or it was instantly mm. too fast or not too fast. That's too critical, but you know, like <laughs> you can be that critical in songs. It's very easy mm. to do, especially when you're writing them. Um, but I think our sound, like we wanted to make, um something we liked something that was available like for the church Mm -hmm. so like we weren't really writing to be in the christian contemporary music world but more of like the worship scene and they are different you know it's Mm -hmm. not really just a song you listen to but a song you sing with right so like that is more important um but we do have like i don't know different like chris has written a bunch of songs that sound nothing like what we've put out Mm -hmm. you know and there is this like kind of weird question that I have in my heart of like can we put out like a country song like (laughs) I'm like I'm I like that like yeah (laughs) yeah and like I think we totally could but it's just like where is that space like now that we've Mm. entered this world can you just under the same name put out a different listen haven't we learned from Taylor Swift that you can literally just do anything you want (laughs) yeah but that's because she's Taylor Swift (laughs) 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 we're not Taylor Swift (laughs) You have to build it up first yeah. and you still have haters. There's still people that hate Taylor. True, true, true. So, um, but yeah, so it's just interesting to be like, okay, like kind of new artist feeling of like, mm. do you, and like, we always, like, I think our goal is still to write for the church and still write for mm. like people to sing with. Um, but there are still songs that come out that are like, Ooh, this is not about anything that we would want anyone to sing it's just something we want to listen to you know mm, so it's like yeah. music that we like listening to that we like singing and that is true and we have a friend who is uh, who who produced and did all the all the craziness stuff that producers and mixers and I don't know yeah. what do and he mm. is really great at hearing things and listening to our ideas and mm. making them happen and so a lot of times you'll come in like with a reference track or like something to be like I like the way these drums sound or I Mm. like how fast this is or this synth part I think is cool or like the 80s is cool right now in a lot of music and so or that now it's kind of switching into the 90s and so like kind of just kind of keeping your eye on the trends Mm. and like seeing what you think is cool and what is like again like being a like making it available like a song Mm. that you can participate yeah I'm sure I'm definitely sure that it's a part of it is like wanting to write a song that you want to like sing 20 times a day like 20 times a week or whatever like you listen to it it's like oh that's good yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely um I want to ask what is something like that people think about like worship 
pastors for lack of a better word or you know worship associate i guess what is something that you got like is like some people assume about your job but like isn't true or is true what 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 is that i found that um at first a lot of people even like my students when i told them i was leaving they said oh so you're mm-hmm. only gonna work on sunday <laughs> I was like no like I'm gonna work all week mm. so we have office hours <laughs> like what I want to tell people but it's not just a Sunday morning thing um and ultimately like everybody on our team would say it's not about me because this is not about me I know that you're listening to my voice projected mm. over the whole room and the whole church I know right. that you're listening to our song that we wrote but it's not about us and I think those two, those two things, like we work all week <laughs> and it's more work than just Sundays. And we're not trying to promote ourselves in any way. Mm. We're just trying to make much of God. Mm. Is there anything that that's, cause you've worked there, I guess, two years, right? Mm-hmm. Or I guess three will be this year. Three um, yeah. So what's kind of surprised you about the role? Um. Yeah, I think that it's been interesting to see that just how like everybody works together, you know, Mm. in a church, lots of different jobs, lots of different roles, and they're all important. And just how they all work together has been really cool to see. Mm. Um, Also, like how much people care about music, like Mm. how much of their like ownership over their church and like, if something changes, you know, like that's just I, I learned that also from not working in this position but just yeah being the wife of someone who does like <laughs> people like they like the way things go in their mind and if you change it it's hard and it's mm. hard because that's like part of their culture and it's part of their comfort of like going to church is like a comfortable mm. thing it's like something you own almost it felt, yep. it felt like that to them so when someone comes in and has this new idea it's like oh this is really different um, we've been blessed to really not have any like kind of backlash like publicly mm. or anything like that nothing crazy but there are just you know like little things you pick up on and like oh okay like this is you know this is this means something to this person and mm. just remembering that like everyone's a person everyone has feelings so like even if like we don't go with their idea like they're so valuable so yeah you know, just like just learning that people care and that they are they will let you know and in any in a good <laughs> way or whatever you know so yeah I think that's just something that I have to keep in mind and yeah and take it in and like, learn from it and yeah yeah and they don't they don't sit with things as long that you know I part of me is like it's my job to think about what song we mm. sing. So like, I promise I'm not going to pick a bad one, you know, <laughs> like, I know yep. like, you love that song and that's great, you know? So like, but that doesn't mean our whole church needs to be singing those words right yep. now. And it's like, so just trust me that like the Lord put me here and that I'm following him. So mm. you, we can follow him together. And we're this. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and that's... Cause it's such, it is hard with feelings. Like people really do get attached. And so I just yep. want to hurt them, but I want them to know I'm doing this for, for them and with them in mind. Mm-hmm. And there's no malice behind it either. Like there's no, like, yeah. I'm not doing, I'm not, not picking this song just because I hate, like, I hate you. <laughs> no, 
just yeah. that, like just like aren't congregational like they're just yep. more ccm you know they're more you just yeah. listen to in the car and and less like that everyone can sing like some mm. songs are hard to sing and so like yep. if it's too hard to sing no one will sing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, yeah um, well, lastly, I want to ask, what kind of advice would you give to people that are looking to do a job like this or looking to go into something like, even if it's just like working for a church, um, not even just like doing your position even, but working for a church, but then also like, yeah, worship in general as well. Hmm. Yeah, I think that I would say the biggest thing that I have learned and that I'm still definitely working on and that is I think the most important as a minister in a church in any capacity is Mm. humility is just being humble and listening to people Um, that's all people want is to be heard a lot of times and to be Mm -hmm. valued Um, and so just learning to listen before assuming someone's like reasoning for asking for something or telling you something or being mean, you know, <laughs> it can be in yeah. any way, in any like job, but um, yeah, just being humble and like being like Jesus, like Jesus mm. was not arrogant and he had every reason to say like, I know everything. Cause he did. So it's like, <laughs> like Jesus will never hurt you. It's always mm. a goal as a Christian. It should be to like read what Jesus did in the gospels and then do that. Um, Mm. And in worship, I would say just again, like be real, like just be honest and practice. So like (laughs) practice everything. Like this is something I learned from Chris. I hate practicing, honestly. (laughs) Like I quit French horn in sixth grade because I didn't want to practice. And I was like, what a cool instrument though to start out. French horn's so great. Yeah, it was cool in my head, but then it was like, (laughs) heavy and I was like 90 pounds of driving mm. down my driveway um yeah relatable <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I think practicing and because okay so I asked this there's a worship leader's name is Mac Brock he's an elevation he's written a bunch of songs and I met his dad and I he was like a really um, well-known pastor in the area and I asked him like if you could tell your like 30 year old self mm-hmm. what would you say and he would say you can never prepare too much. Like you can never be too prepared because when you're prepared, you're giving yourself freedom to change, like Mm. to move in the moment and not just do what you practiced, you know? So it's not just like I practice so much and that I do exactly what I did. It's like, I practice so much so that I can be free and do Mm. what I need to do in the moment. So like if I'm singing Mm. a song and I feel like I need to start talking, I know that what I'm saying is true because I've filled myself up so much with practicing. So I'll even practice like during the week talking like what I'm going to say or like Mm. thinking about the song and the words that I'm singing and, and what that could mean in our, in our world right now. And so like practicing is so important Um, vocally because of like fatigue and other things like that's important. What you should always be the best you can be at your instrument um that will always get you far but character over competency a million times across that will get you the position at the church (laughs) that will help you with people and relating to them um and yeah just remembering like practicing actually matters um 
And that's what you should spend all your week doing when you're working, you know, and you're working mm-hmm. out of church, <laughs> have to get to Sunday. That's what yeah. I do. I practice every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just remembering that you're not too cool. Um, you probably are cool. If you want to be a worship leader, <laughs> be cool. That's fine. But be humble and practice. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, well, of course, every listener knows that at the end of the show, I ask every guest two questions, the same questions every week. I love hearing people's answers, so I'm excited to hear what you'll say. But the first one, of course, being if I was able to hand you, Lindsay Gregory, a blank check and say, use this towards your passion, how would you use that? Okay. So, <laughs> so many things. <laughs> but also, I think mostly I would put it... T- or not towards, I would pay for a live album. That'd be super cool. Mm. Definitely on the bucket list of things we like to do. Um, Recording a live album of originals that would um, mean we'd have to have enough to have a CD. (laughs) So working on that um, Mm. always. But yeah, I think recording a live album would be super awesome. And if I had like a part two, I would- Totally can. I'll allow it. Okay, great. (laughs) this one time um i i've always been really inspired by hillsong i would just Mm. love to go to australia or to their la campus and just like go there and meet them and i don't know what would happen after that but i just want to be their friends because they're (laughs) all really cool and and so smart it's like it's not just like i think they dress cool like i think they're so wise and they write such good songs mm. and i'm fascinated by them and the way their church has like exploded so it's just yeah. like i just want to know i just want to know about them <laughs> so like if i could just be their friends if i could pay them to be my friend <laughs> just be my friend <laughs> <laughs> love it oh my Help gosh me that's learn. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure with a certain amount of money, you can pay people to be your friends. So yeah, I'm sure you can. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I'll never find that out. So Um, (laughs) right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Just kidding. Um, well, secondly, of course, uh, the second question being, what is something that you're loving right now, Lindsay Gregory? <sighs> I this is such a stupid answer, but it's no, I'm, I'll take it. I can't come up with other than like a list of so many things, but my library card. I oh, okay. Learn to love the library. In 2020, that was like my fun thing. I would reserve a book and go pick it out and scan it and come home and read it and take mm. it back. It was so fun. So I read nine books in 2020. Nice. With two past my goal. Um, Way more than I did. And I'm going to try and read more in 2021. So <laughs> it's always a good goal to have a book goal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's I hard when you have the name, the last name read. It's just like, it, it's so difficult. It's like it's over fun. you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh it's, i'm always thinking about it hangs over your head yeah that's yeah. awesome that's so fun i love that answer um i also answer this one and i don't know if you knew that um but i am gonna say a, a song that i'm loving i don't know if you've heard it it's li- driver's license by listen to it yet. oh my gosh it first of all olivia rodrigo incredible she's from high school musical the musical the series oh okay The the incredibly long name that marketing, someone in Disney marketing did not think of a better name for some reason. Um, But it's a great show. Um, And she has literally blown up in the past week. I mean, it's the most 
streamed song right now ever. Um, yeah. I need to get up on my. <laughs> and it's actually really good. Like it's not, it's not just like, oh, this is a song that everyone is it's like popular right now it's like actually a good song <laughs> um so i'm loving i'm really loving her journey and like i'm it, she seems like a genuinely nice person to to like have all this success happen to of course i can say that and maybe in like five years she'll like you know be horrible but <laughs> who knows <laughs> but um yeah driver's license i'm sure people have heard it by the time this comes out it'll be dated but whatever um, <laughs> also the song anyone by justin bieber yes it's so good it is on repeat all the time i love yeah. that song we've watched yeah. every version that has ever come out of it I'm like, the, justin, the, we love justin. <laughs> the um the not tattooed justin bieber in the video is so interesting <laughs> yeah they had to put a bunch of makeup on it i didn't want to video about it don't worry <laughs> <laughs> oh no i've seen it um <laughs> come on you doubt me Lindsay. come on I don't. <laughs> um yeah so go go uh go get a library card and check out that song that's what we're saying today um <laughs> well we've come to the end already thank you so much for being on mm-hmm. um everyone go check out those three songs um into zion refuge and this love they're great it's uh, chris and Lindsay gregory on um spotify apple whatever yeah and people can follow you on Instagram if they want. I I encourage you to do because there's so many fun stories with your husband. Um, <laughs> uh, Lynn's underscore cap, I believe. Which, where did that come from? I, I was looking at it today and I was like, what? Yeah. So my dad used to call me Lynn's cap when I was a kid. Just a random mm. nickname he came up with. And then I thought it was funny. Like a camera, Instagram, Lynn's cap. Ah. And I just can't change it. I, Very I, meta. <laughs> good for me it's worked for me I didn't want to change it when I got married so I was like no it just works and it's a story it's like people can figure out who you are just by that just by asking you other than listening to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) right uh well thank you so much i i uh i'm glad we're friends and that i can keep up you know it's fun like we've said to keep up with certain people and Yeah. yeah it's been really fun to see where you guys have gone so Thanks for having me and asking so many great questions. Yeah, of course. That's my job that I don't get paid for. (laughs) (laughs) It's my job that I have no money getting from, but one day maybe. Um, everyone of course go follow passion project share this episode if you liked it um, leave us a review down below and and itunes and um, rate this episode and um, follow us on social media passionproject.pod facebook twitter instagram you guys know all the things and yeah we will see you next time bye yay